Have you ever wanted to give up? <laughs> yeah. By laughter, it sounds like that resonates with some of you. Have you ever felt so exhausted or despairing that you just wanted it all to end? This is how Elijah feels in our reading from 1 Kings. It is the feeling of wanting to literally rest in peace, but also fervently wishing that things would change. I have experienced this once in my life, and it's a slightly different feeling than being suicidal. In 1995, my wife Amy and I were living in a terrible apartment in St. Petersburg, Russia. The kitchen sink drained into the bathtub, and that was just one of its magnificent features. She was doing research for her master's in Russian studies, and I was doing work with the Russian Orthodox Church as part of my seminary education. Unlike my wife, I spoke no Russian and could barely make out the alphabet they use. I also happened to look like a Chechen at the height of that conflict. It's a long story, but I started feeling so dislocated that I began having terrible anxiety and just awful panic attacks that would just strike whenever, wherever. And one night at my lowest point, I prayed like Elijah did that God would take my life while I slept. Now, I wasn't visited by an angel offering me food. Rather, I woke up and felt both disappointment that I was still here, but also determined to do something about this and to get some help. Perhaps you have had similar experiences. In the reading today, we find the prophet Elijah at a point of despair after fleeing for his life. King Ahab and Queen Jezebel had led the northern kingdom of Israel into worshiping Baal instead of Yahweh. If you're not familiar with Baal, you may have also heard Beelzebul, another name used for Baal. Elijah is sent to proclaim to the kingdom that Yahweh is the true God. And so he goes and appeals to Ahab and Jezebel, and he challenges all of the prophets of Baal that Jezebel has gathered. And the challenge is this, that they will go up on a mountain, and they will build two altars, and they will prepare the sacrifice for the burnt offering. And each 
the prophets of Baal and Elijah will take turns, take a turn, and they will pray for their God to send fire to start the burning altar for the burnt offering. And the prophets of Baal pray and pray and call upon Baal, and nothing is happening. Eventually, they mix their own blood with the sacrifice on the altar, which is an abomination for Israel. Nothing happens. And then it is Elijah's turn. And Elijah prays to Yahweh, and fire comes down from heaven and alights the sacrifice and creates the burnt offering. Elijah has won the contest, and in his winning, he then proceeds to have the prophets of Baal killed. But instead of convincing the kingdom to worship Yahweh again, Jezebel is enraged and seeks to kill him. It's an epic tale. So Elijah is fleeing for his life. He believes that he has failed in his mission as God's prophet. And in the wilderness, he prays that God will take away his life. God hears and responds with compassion and mercy, sending an angel with bread and water to sustain him. For God is not done with Elijah, even if Elijah thinks he is done with his life. Some more sleep, a second meal. By the way, there's some pretty good advice about self-care in this passage. Sometimes you just need to take a nap or eat some food. So after sleep, more food, words of encouragement from the angel, give Elijah the resilience he needs to continue his journey, traveling 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Horeb where Moses received the Ten Commandments. In the Bible, Mount Horeb and Mount Sinai are interchangeable. There are two lessons for us here. The first is a reminder that when we gather as the church, we call on God and are fed just as Elijah was. For us in the Eucharist, the bread of life, our strength for the journey, and then sent out to do the work God has given us to do, to be angels offering hope to those in need and hydrating the souls of those who are exhausted and depleted. Certainly, there are people who have been angels to you in times of need when you have wanted to quit. 
how does or can God use you as a message of hope and love to those struggling to go on? How can you be God's angel to others? The second lesson in this passage is about resilience and faith. Note that Elijah never rejects God. Rather, he turns to God in despair when he feels that he is a failure and all hope has left him. It is this turning outward that saves him and can save us. Rather than turning inward to the black hole of his own desolation, he turns like a sunflower asking the light to end his darkness. This is the heart of resilience. Crying out from the depths connects us to the larger story, to God's story of love and salvation. It is asking meaning to end meaninglessness. It is finding yourself by going beyond yourself and encountering truths that are bigger than any one of us. From a Christian perspective, it is God's love for us driving out darkness. You know, I love the Olympics been watching it a lot, been following athletes, perhaps because of the pandemic and the anxiety and discouragement I've been feeling with the surge of the Delta variant, which to me feels like an undertow that sucks you back down just when you think you are finally breaking free. Because of that feeling, I've been particularly drawn to the stories of athletes who have not had the Olympic results they hoped for or were expected to have. Medal contenders who finished far out of contention or who suffered injuries that ended their Olympics. The posts these athletes have been writing about their experience have been heartrending, but also inspiring. Kate Courtney, an Olympic mountain biker and former world champion who grew up and lives in Marin and went to Branson here in Ross, seen her ride by the church a few times, seen her up on the mountain, it's pretty cool. She was considered a medal contender but during the women's cross-country mountain bike race, she struggled to finish in the top 15. She wrote a powerful, moving reflection titled, What It Feels Like to Lose at the Olympics. It was published in the Washington Post. I encourage you to read it. It's very powerful. She quotes the poet David White, who said, Courage 
is a measure of our heartfelt participation in life. And Kate Courtney says that the heartbreak that she feels is evidence of her courage, but also notes that courage can be exhausting. She closes by saying this, This is not the story I hoped to be writing about my Olympic Games. Like many others, I was searching for a sign that we could return to everything, just as it was before the pandemic. But as I navigate my challenges around this experience, I am reminded that there are seasons of struggle and seasons of triumph and that you don't always get to choose when you jump from one to the next. Sometimes you need help to keep going until the leaves change color. Exhaustion is not evidence of a lack of courage, but of its abundance. To deny the struggle is to deny the very thing that allows us to triumph in the end. This is the message of Elijah as well. The last time we see Elijah in the Bible, he appears with Moses and Jesus at the transfiguration on a mountain, where God says of Jesus, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. From desolation in the wilderness to glory on the mountaintop. Elijah's story reminds us that through the grace of God, we can go from the agony of defeat to the joy of victory.